So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get? Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash drop in. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. Where are you, Megan? I am in Amelia Island, Florida. Yeah, a little weird, but uh, we're just glad to have you on the show this week. Yeah. Haven't seen you for like a week. I know. It's been a crazy week, too. Yeah. I'm a little tired, so you guys are going <laughs> to have to bring the energy on I this don't know. one. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one because Robbie's also, Robbie got back from his run today. Robbie, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I thought I had COVID for sure, but I, just because it felt the same after my run today is when I got COVID the first time where I was just totally exhausted. It felt like I had to sleep like right away. So he tested and he's negative. Yeah. But, but I bought the test at the dollar store, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> did you really and, no, no. and it wasn't a test for covid <laughs> yeah it's a pregnancy test yeah. but he figured it would work i mean lines are lines right, right. it shows up uh um anyway so yeah it's, i'm like super tired it could be that you're exhausted we've we've done quite a bit this week i don't get i don't get exhausted i actually thought about buying a five-hour energy just to pick myself up i like that i Should've accidentally done. left my second cup of coffee at home so I was really bummed when I was halfway here, and I was like, it's not worth Do you want to drink back. out of mine? No. <laughs> I might go get one, though. Um, yeah, so, Meg, you're down in Florida. Have you been doing your runs? Um, yeah, and I got to tell you, uh, everyone was complaining up there about how hot it was and the humidity. The dew point here is 79 or 80 every morning, and you basically just go outside and start sweating immediately. Is it worse than the day we ran in Charleston? So much worse. Whoa. Oh, really? Hmm. That was brutal. That seems like it's raining. Oh, it's so much worse. Raining without raining. And then you jump in the pool and it's like, I'm still, in, <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah, the pool is like in the sunshine all day. So it's <laughs> that like, pool is so hot. It's like a giant bath. Yeah, that Florida sun hits different too. It's like I, there's no filter on it. I jumped in that pool when I was down there and I was like, it's warmer than the air. Like you jump and you're like, oh, that's not refreshing. It's like every time I... <laughs> Take my kids to the kiddie pool. Yeah, exactly. But that's warm for a different reason. Yeah. Um, so this week, just to catch people up, we'll get into our running here in a sec. But part of our running involved doing some stuff up at New Balance, the track at New Balance, at the research lab. What did they call it? The running research lab? The sports research lab. Sports research. Yeah, because it's not just running. Mm -hmm. But like, Robbie, what, what are some of the things that we did? Uh, so we got there with the crew. We haven't announced exactly what we're doing yet, so we'll kind of wait to do that. But we're we're doing a thing with New Balance where we're training for something. 
New York City Marathon. Oh, okay. no, I, I, I mean, we don't have to get in all the details. We're gonna. It's have out a, there. Yeah, we're gonna have a group of runners. I mean, it's been in our stories. We we assembled a group of runners that we're gonna train to uh, run New York City. Obviously, there's some marathons that come before that. Robbie's got Erie in September, and uh, Megan and I are going to London in October, mm-hmm. where you're gonna eat toad in the hole and. I am gonna. I'm gonna try Yorkshire pudding. I'm gonna try the Yorkshire pudding because some of those guys were saying with roast beef potatoes and uh, Yorkshire Gosh, pudding yeah. with gravy, it sounded pretty damn good. Is that kind of like a shepherd's pie at that point? Or I think I... it's like sides. I think Uh-oh. you have your roast beef, you have your potatoes, mm-hmm. and you have some Yorkshire pudding, and then you put gravy on everything. Oh, okay. And it does. It doesn't sound. Is it Yorkshire horrible. or Yorkshire? Yorkshire. I've always heard Yorkshire. Whoa. Yorkshire. Yeah, like third option. Yorkshire, like it's Yorkshire. shortened. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you have London, and then we're doing New York City. Ooh, in we skip Brandon's doing um, oh, Baltimore, Baltimore as mm-hmm. a sub elite. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I'm a sub elite, but it's just because I like to eat a lot of subs. The, so I'm elite at doing that. If you see the crew that's running under the sub elite title, it's a very loose sub elite like uh definition i mean i it doesn't adhere to the technical definition no. of sub elite right no okay yeah i don't even know what that is but i think and, it's going to be a lot of runners working hard to do the best that they can that's a good that's a good thing to do yeah. doing the best you can so we were doing the best we could in new at new balance mm-hmm. we did some cool testing in the lab there which is awesome they have this amazing state-of-the-art facility do you know what i keep thinking i was thinking about today on my run nope so we did a body scan, 3D body scan and a 3D foot scan. Yeah. And I was like, we could make action figures. Uh, oh, man, that's a good point. Like, how cool would it be? What did you do with your scans? Printer? Pretty sure for my scan, it would be more of an inaction figure. But <laughs> <laughs> yours um, didn't look bad. You know, it's funny. I think it was very recognizable that it was you. It really was. I, I'm a little annoyed that the mustache didn't show up on this. It kind of does. <laughs> it was a little shallow. I, well, I'll see if we... You know what? I'll put the photo. I'll get Brandon to put the photos up so people can yeah. see what they look like. We did. We should have video slow motion, like, and they had a camera that did like I don't know seventy thousand frames per second or something. It was something ridiculous. Maybe more than that. It was like two hundred and fifty frames per second, <laughs> and they were able to slow it down from that so that you get this slow mo that is like crystal clear, shows you exactly where you're landing in your shoe, like how much pressure is coming down. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I'm the only one who didn't get that. By the way, you so. didn't get it. No. How do you know? Because he thought I was coming back for round two, and so that he like it, it wasn't. So he just like scrapped mine, uh, and so I ended up uh, not getting my slow mo done. Yeah. So the three D scan was really cool. Uh, what did you learn from that? Well, I, mm, I learned all the measurements of my body part, most of my body parts. Robbie wants to buy a suit. <laughs> I do actually. No joke. Uh, I can basically go online. What's the online Indochino or something? I don't know. There's got Bombas. Uh, there's a Bombas. Whole... Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Sponsor uh, sponsor shout out. Is that the socks custom fit um, socks for your 3D scan foot? <laughs> yeah. But we can. Uh, but I, yeah, I was thinking from the measurements, I can. I finally know like what neck size, chest size, waist size, like to the T, so I can get fitted for a suit. Right. Yeah. There. Speaking of which, we got to get our uh, the running event. Uh, gear together for our for our team this year i want to know from your testing who was the fittest human i mean we don't have all the data from the vo2 and it wasn't a vo2 max test to test fitness it was a vo2 
to test to test efficiency shoes. between the two shoes. different shoes. Yeah. So that's the thing is that it was it's basically used primarily for their elite athletes so they can see what you know the efficiency of a shoe or their body type for fitting you know race kits and things like that and so we didn't get like any usable data i guess for training purposes antidotal anecdotal anecdotal that's what i was trying to say i got you um you weren't poisoned it was the 3d scan they can get the perfect singlets and stuff for their athletes they can you know down to arm length of like if they do a long sleeve like it's like their clothing is going to fit amazing. It's why when you see them out on the track and stuff, it's like, ah, that shit looks dope. Yeah. Because it's fit for them. Uh, it's not like off the rack, medium, large. We were, I think we were most interested to see if Jared had actually had a wide foot. And honestly, the lady scanning his foot wasn't, was like, it's not that wide. Did she actually say Jared says Jared says she didn't say that. I swear she said Jared didn't want to hear it. You can't actually say that because I mean ruin our (laughs) wide foot expert. I know, but we're gonna get measurements. All right, and we'll see. But she was she was not impressed. Uh, I think she was also an intern, so I'm gonna. Yeah, but she's going to (laughs) UMass, getting her master's in (laughs) physiology. Um, Yeah, she was awesome. I saw this reel on Barstool Sports. I don't think it's real. Uh, you a know, real reel? Yeah. You know how they they do a lot of people act and then send them in like they're yeah. lame. But someone's, the one reel was this girl said she bought her mom a new Mercedes by posting all her feet pics to like one of those foot fans only or whatever. No, there's like one just for feet. Okay. I and believe you could do that. It, <laughs> do you th- Unfortunately, we all have runner's feet, or I would do that in a second. You know what? You could try to sell your foot scan. Mm, I mean, that's like meta first stuff. I, I think people aren't the real thing. Oh. I don't know. Would you do that? Would you, like, if you could make, if you had not runner's feet, would you put your feet on a foot website? If I could make money taking a picture of my hands or my feet that's or what an I'm ear, saying. yeah, why not? That, that's. I mean, it seems... Seems like crazy that there's a market for that. I mean, I don't know. Dudes are weird, man. Yeah, our YouTube section, comment section is probably going to blow up after this one. Yeah. <laughs> I buy your foot, Robbie. <laughs> um, well, I saw um, there was like some ad. It was another like lifestyle blog. And the, and they posted, it, they were promoting a Vawari like review that they had. And the guy's wife was in the photo, but like barefoot. Uh-oh. And the whole comment section was like, let's see those feet. Like, but Oh, my God. It was crazy. I was like, man, I didn't know this was like that huge of a thing. Anyways, so all that to say, New Balance, foot scan, you might have a secondary market there. Yeah. <laughs> so after we did the foot scan, we did uh, the VO2 uh, test. It wasn't VO2 max test. It was just VO2 test. Basically, we, we started off with the 880 shoe. Some reviewer, some of our team had a like a jetpack looking thing, and a it attached to a mouth thing that covered your mouth and went over. So they were running with like a pack mm-hmm. and measuring their uh, uh, oxygen and blood content, or uh, however it works. And then um, the other group was myself and Megan Featherston, who stood in for you, Meg, um, and we did it on like the really fancy treadmill and uh with the hose hooked up to the machine like heavy duty uh equipment cameras everywhere and we started off with the uh 
super comp trainer from New Balance. And we did five minutes there. And, it, and that's just you kind of plateau on your oxygen use after that. And then you switched off into the New Balance uh, 880 V12. Did it again for five minutes. Then you stopped. You did another five minutes in the 880 V12. And then you switched out for your final five minutes into the 1080 suit or not the 10 the super comp trainer wait so, so say this say the shoes you ran okay super comp trainer yeah 880 yeah 880 super comp trainer oh you did like two cycles of each okay, yeah so gotcha. you did one where you started with one one where you started so which with shoe are you more efficient in i was slightly more efficient in the super comp trainer okay megan featherston was noticeably more efficient in the super comp trainer okay um now mine was like a fraction like hmm. i don't know how much it really helped okay but the um the thing about it is i i don't feel like it's a real world situation yeah because the treadmill's pushing forward that's, so. the th- that's the thing i have with treadmills i don't understand how it's I just don't understand how it simulates. I guess it's a static situation where it is. That's the best you can do. But I don't understand how it simulates the real. Exactly. Well, the only well, thing also, I can say you're is running, you're you're running on the treadmill for both, so you're comparing the same. Right. So you should be I more. Guess you're right. It's a level yeah. test. But I, when Robbie's talking about the treadmill, I do feel like what I like about a treadmill is if I start feeling the pace, like how fast I have to move my legs, the cadence, mm-hmm. that I can take that back out into the street. So as a matter of fact, Take this, this week I, I did um, uh, 400 repeats mm-hmm. and I did them on the treadmill because I just, it was so muggy out and I just didn't feel like doing it. And I wanted to set the pace and know that I was hitting the correct pace. Okay. And uh, I, I'm telling you, I go out and then when I hit the road, I know what it feels like to run that pace, mm. what the leg really? turnover should feel like. So I think there is some advantage, but I did, speaking of running, I took five days off after uh, grit. Wait, can I pause? Yeah. Can I come back to the the New Balance training stuff? Yeah. So I did this simple VO2 testing. So it was only comparing two shoes one time, so 880 versus the Super Comp Trainer. And again, I had like the mask, the jetpack on, which I felt like uh, Cyrax from Mortal Kombat. I thought, it, that. I thought it looked more like Bane. I mean, definitely Bane vibes. Brandon actually did a good Bane impression. No one cared who I was before I put on the mask. But you need the mask on to make yeah. it sound like it. And so... No one cared who I was before I put on the mask. That's better. Do the born in the dark part. Do you know that? No, it has to go. It's like you... I was born in the darkness. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I forget the actual line. Um, but anyway, so after my test... I was actually like insanely more efficient in the 880, but caveat that by saying it took me a little while to get used to the mask on the first round, just like to get my breathing right. And then I never run on a treadmill, literally never only for physical therapy. So whenever I get on a treadmill too, I feel like it takes me a couple minutes. So I think that messed up my, I don't know, but I look at Robbie's stride and you're not a big bouncer. You're more of a, like and so it's possible that i like that it it maybe maybe the shoot you don't need the bounce yeah i don't know but we did also play basketball (laughs) and we and i that the later that day like my body was hurting 
Yeah, I think and I, I'm growing. 99% sure it was from the basketball. I was jumping over benches. <laughs> we, he wanted to, he definitely jumped to try to get a ball before it went out of bounds, and I thought it was the end. I couldn't believe uh, you pulled it off. Made it. I'm but, surprised neither of us twisted an ankle. <laughs> seems. I don't, it was a horrible decision to do that. And by the way, how hard is basketball? Like, we think we're in shape because we're running. Right. It's a totally different yeah. experience. And it's was, like trampolines. I got all winded on trampolines. I was like, what's <laughs> happening? Yeah. So we played one-on-one, and you beat me 5-4. We, I we said it's a tie. I conceded because I had tweaked. <laughs> of course, I tweaked my ankle. I was wearing 574. It's probably a terrible idea. And uh, so while we were playing, I was like, okay, well, like we still kind of have it, you know. Like we're, di- we're not making any shots, but... You know, that comes with a little bit of practice. There was some moves, though. Yeah. There was some explosion, <laughs> explosive energy. Yeah. But then I some I think somebody was recording Megan it. Featherston. And I looked at the video and I was like, okay, this never gets out. But <laughs> you know what's funny is so. I, I actually thought I was, like, proud of it. I was like, mm, it's not as bad as I thought it was. I thought it was like, way worse. No. I think, <laughs> see, I think it's the difference between, like, running pictures. I know what I look like running. So, yeah. like, if I get a decent running picture, I'm like, wow. That's good. Uh, but anyways, so that was fun. Yeah, we so inside the track, there's a climate room that uh, controls. You can go all the way from like freezing to high humidity and heat in this climate room. It's insane. Well, at one point we were in there and it was like what fr- almost freezing, probably yeah. like 35 degrees or something. And they uh, the door we thought locked behind us, and I was getting some final destination vibes yeah that. we did get we got trapped in it for a second that thought, was kind of scary i thought for sure we were just gonna th- that was it we we're gonna become cryogenically frozen in there yeah uh what else was cool that was there um they had like a testing room where they measured like the durometer of the phone or like the resiliency yeah, you, of the phone we went over a hundred thousand on that little uh, yeah we made video. a reel on instagram you can see that of the see them testing the fuel cell other things that I thought was cool besides the testing lab, I just like the, all the technology. Like, make they can superimpose, and I don't know how they do it, but they superimpose your skeleton over your video of you running on the treadmill when when you're running on the treadmill, so you can see like structurally how your skeleton is moving in, in the uh, space. Yeah, I don't. I think that's just made up, though, right? Uh, it's it's made up, but it's like it correlated to points yeah it's not like an x-ray machine no it's it was a superimposed skeleton but it, i mean it matched up like you could see like here's your femur here's your yeah. stuff it kind of just showed you where you're and then we were. saw a preview of some product coming for the next what two or two three, three years. years yeah it's pretty awesome so yeah, yeah. Some, some exciting stuff anything coming. you can I, anything I, you can i think we can talk talk, to, talk about, about it but we can't show pictures i think the more um the more is coming out with the trail version so for people who want a lot of cushion on the trail, maybe that ultra runner going for the long Arizona desert run. Honestly, I think it's going to be more of a lifestyle shoot than it looks awesome. It's pretty pretty. Um, but they're obviously like the RC Elite, the oh, we, do we electric s- pineapple. Yeah. Can't even tell you what that is. Do we see the Rebel, just the V3? There's no yeah. V4, right? Which we will be highlighting soon. Um, we, we have taken possession of pairs and yeah. we'll let you know how those are going. 
I'm kind of, that's one I'm excited to run in because I do think it's like maybe the only one that's going to compete with the A6 Nova Blast 3. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that was pretty much it. We had a good time. We were just there for like 36 hours. Um, did get a short run in. It was nice. And then we're back. Yeah. Um, so, Meg, have you been running while you're down there? Yeah. Um, I've actually been logging a lot of miles because I've been getting up and running. And then a lot of times Ryan, my brother, will want to do like three miles in the afternoon. So I've been like oh, doubling. Nice. So um, actually, I think I probably have pretty high mileage, which I wasn't even sure if I was going to have any miles or be able to do stuff. So, yeah, I'm just running when I can right now and sweating a shit ton yeah without getting into it you're down there it's not for a vacation it's a little more stressful so is the running helping with like you keeping your sanity right now yeah i think it's probably the only thing keeping my sanity right now so it's i don't yeah i'm probably running too much uh <laughs> there's probably a ton of stress on my body and mind right now but it's keeping me going so i'm just gonna keep running <laughs> how many how often are you doing laundry um, so right now I, I packed like four pairs of tracksmith shorts and they're just like in a constant rotation of, I run and then I jump in the pool oh. and then I hang dry them and then I like use them again. Okay. And I think I'm going to do laundry today and cause they've all been used like three times. Yeah. When we originally <laughs> packed, we were going down there for what, two, two, three days. So how much stuff did you, yeah. I came back so that we, we could do the floor, the Boston project. Uh, May stayed in Florida, but you packed not for, do you want me to ship some stuff down? <laughs> hey, Meg, I'll be there on Tuesday. I can bring some stuff down for you. Oh, I mean, I really great. could. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We might, I might have to think about that one. Cause, uh, I didn't pack like nutri like sports nutrition. So like I did a workout yesterday and luckily I had a Martin, but I'm like, I have a long run this Morton. weekend that I'm a Morton that I'm going to try and do, but I'm like, I also don't really have the right nutrition. I, I mean, I just die out there. I don't know. You can, you could order from running warehouse and get Morton at the house there before this weekend. Hmm. That's true. Or, um, there are distribution centers in Georgia. You can probably get it in like a day. Should I bring the podcast equipment down? We can, me and you can do the podcast, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> you expect me to learn how to yeah. get on the computer? <laughs> <laughs> you just have to call in. Um, yeah, good luck. But yeah, the uh, that's good. What oh, what shoes are you running in? Because you said you only brought like two shoes, right? Yeah, I only packed. Uh, well, I brought the Saucony Pro, the Endorphin Pro, and Endorphin Speed, three. and then I brought the uh, yeah three, and then I brought the uh, New Balance SE Trainer, which that shoe is really really growing on me. Like the more I run in it, the more I really like it. I feel like that's the general consensus among everyone. Yeah, I think I was a little disappointed at first because I thought it was going to be for something else. But as just a cruising shoe and just nice cushion and running along, it feels great. I'm debating on what I'm going to wear for my Saturday long run because you put speed into it. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've seen a lot of comments just from other people who have had the SC trainer, and it seems a lot of people are saying this is like my long run or my 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 training shoe for the fall like they really love the comfort of it i do like switching it up it's a little too much cush for me to wear every yeah, day i'm the same yeah um but 
So, and Thomas, how's your running going? You said you took some time off after grit. Yeah, I took five days off after grit. And I do feel like I'm feeling the effects of grit. Like my body just feels a little beat up, but I'm taking it easy and not going nuts. I did my speed work yesterday. Um, You know, I'm just kind of like getting back into uh, marathon training for London. Okay, good. Um, What about you, sir? Uh, I, so my ankle was still like a little weird last week. I was still running off and on on it. And then it can't came around this week. It feels pretty much back to normal. Um, but my high hamstring, which I always have problems with on my right side, is kind of like flared up a little bit cause I was using that leg so much last week. So kind of dealing with that, just trying to make sure I keep up with my exercises. But today's run was absolutely awful. Uh, I went to... I don't know what I wanted to do. Definitely stop, but I was just like, <laughs> I was like running, and I was just like, I was like, go up a small hill. I'm like, I'm stopping. <laughs> it's like a mile in. I'm like this. Is I've stupid. had days like that, and and I mean, I finished it, and then after I was done, I was just like totally exhausted. Like I said in earlier, and just wanted to sleep. And I was like, well, that makes me feel better because I feel like I'm a little sick. So, you know. I, I was just like, how am I this out of shape? Like, it feels like you're getting heat acclimated again. And so, I don't know. Maybe I'm coming. I think I have a little bit of a cold. I think my kids got something from daycare. Tested negative for COVID, so we're good there. So, um, for now. For now. He'll go home Who tonight knows? and it'll test positive. And <laughs> Probably. I'll be like, Robbie, you need to get your iron levels checked. I, I was actually going to say, I, I need to do that like next week. Like, go or. Why don't I you just buy a bottle of iron week? and just start <laughs> taking them? Start. It's not expensive. Can you blend iron like in a ninja blender? Like if you threw in some. Like why? A, why like, wouldn't you just take it as a pill? Well, I don't know. If you just cheaper way to do it. What just, do you mean cheaper? Like actual iron, and then you like. Oh, the metal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's the same thing. Okay. Probably not going to do that then. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to. Do you like mention, the taste of scabs? <laughs> uh, no, I actually don't do that. I was just walking down the street, taking my lunch break walk, and I found this. Uh, sign on the ground. Oh, dude, don't tell me I actually deleted it by accident. I saw a sign. No way. I might have deleted it. You deleted the picture? I think I accidentally did. Hold on. It might be in here. Sorry, people. I saw the sign. So, anyways, it was a sign. Man, I'm so mad I don't have it. It said, it was written on a piece of paper, but it was on the sidewalk. And it said... Help mouse caught in a live trap and we don't know what to do with it. We'll Venmo or Cash App you $10 to get rid of it. And I think they just had it like on their door. Like just because they wanted somebody to get rid of this mouse that was caught in a live trap for them. Do you know what you do with that? Yeah, get 10 bucks. Right, but how would you get rid of the mouse? I have ways. I just stick it underwater. Well... Oh, gosh. Well, speaking, it's, I'll tell you one story real quick, because this is how I got rid of a rat before. <laughs> Send in your, your rodent, uh, uh, what do you call this? Um, what do you call the people that Extermination come here? Extermination service. service. Yeah, no, Tip. actually, for real, it is. So the obviously, we have rats in our alleyway because we live in Baltimore and whatever. And uh, one day, we're in a group text with my neighbors, and somebody texted us. And she was like, can, I need help. There's a rat 
uh, a dead rat in my recycling bin and I don't know what to do with it. So my wife says, Robbie will take care of it. I was like, cool, thanks. <laughs> That's exactly what I went to do on a Sunday morning. Hey, at least she knows you. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I have a reputation. And so I went out there to the to the back alleyway to check out the rat. I was just going to put it in a plastic bag, throw it in the trash, whatever. And I look in the trash can, and there's like three inches, four inches of water and a rat in there that's not dead because uh, she said it drowned in there. That's what she said. And I looked in, and it's just looking at me with its beady eyes on its hind haunches. And I was like, oh, cool. So now I had to figure out how to kill this rat. You put a lid back on it? And it was like one of the big blue recycling cans that oxygen for days in that thing. Okay. And so I was like... What, what do I what do I do? Because I do ha- I do have a pelagon, but I I was like I'm not gonna walk out in the alleyway with it and you know terminate the rat. Yeah, but you have to kill it because it's like what are we gonna do? We're just gonna like you're just gonna try no you know, you kill it. Let it out. Like they're not good for why couldn't anything. you just set it free? Because then they're just got rats in the neighborhood. Yeah, the whole point. <laughs> then you call someone to kill the rat. And it's like I might as well just do it. And I get a can of before gas it has just light the whole thing on fire. No, I'm not sick, dude. Mm. Before it has twenty baby rats, you know what I mean? Like you have to get rid of it because someone's gonna. Um, so uh, I the, hate this story. I do too. I don't. It's not like I enjoy doing this. Uh, a little bit in a sec, but the the burden fell to me, and so I. I was like, well, I guess I have to, like, put it, you know, shoot it with the pelican. Is this okay for the podcast? I don't I guess know. We'll see. And and so <laughs> there are no rules. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I pulled the. I was just I was pulling the can to like go to my back patio, so I could do it. And then as I'm pulling it, it just starts jumping like yeah, I, that, almost. No, thank you. Almost out of the trash can, the whole way to the top. And I'm yeah, no losing my mind. And so <laughs> I eventually finally got it to my back patio, eliminated it, eliminated the threat. And uh, that was that. But it was a crazy experience. And uh, honestly, I don't really enjoy doing it. So, But my, I, now my neighbors think that's, that's what I do. Well, you look like that guy. Yeah, um, true. Ralphie, speaking of this, Megan, when I was watching uh, walking Ralphie yesterday, there was like a bird sitting on the sidewalk, just kind of sitting there. Clearly something had happened to it. Maybe it flew into a window or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's just sitting there. And I like kind of kicked it. It didn't move. So Ralphie just picks the whole thing up in his mouth. No way. And I'm like, no, Ralphie. And he puts it back down. The bird's kind of moving. Ralphie's after. your son, right? Yeah, their dog, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, so I was like, oh, Megan would have gotten weirded out with that one. Yeah, I mean, city life, it's crazier than being out in nature. Uh, we got sunglasses here, Robbie? Uh, yeah, we have 100% vision. Do you like the name 100%? It's a weird name. Yeah, I'm not sure. But you know what's really hard is is Googling them and trying yeah. to find... Because 100% is everything. It, if you put in 100% sunglasses, or it's just... It, it's very hard to find. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Are the, these, it's a Chinese company, isn't it? No. It's not? It, no. It's a, uh, they're um, American. I don't know if they're American. You got an extra nose piece. They started out with like oh, doing motocross type sunglasses and things. Yeah, from, like, like cycling. Mm-hmm. No, 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 for oh, like, like motorcycle. dirt bikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. So these are the Hypercraft. These are Hyper. And these then they look have. like the ones I already have. 
Well, they might. You I, pro- think I think same. you have the same. Yeah, ones. I think. What do you think, Meg? So. Wow. Pretty. That's something. Pretty shieldy. Yeah, I like these. And then we have the. These are nice because they seem smaller. Yeah, and then we have the Westcraft. By the way, this isn't a sponsorship or anything. I just came into the office and brought these boxes. Bought the boxes and too. sat down and so they were in front of us. I like those. Sorry for the crinkling of the paper. Crinkling of paper. What's um? What's the special thing about these sunglasses? Like, what makes these different than any other sunglasses? High quality lenses. They usually give you an extra pair of lenses. They're very good at like anti fog and um, they're super li- insanely so, lightweight. Are these on the expensive side? Yes, very. Uh, they're okay. like in the hundred eighty dollar range. So I guess that's not horrible. horrible. I mean, compared to but a But, like, gooder. not gooder status. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Or yeah, they're even, very even, what's it called? Um, uh, they're premium sunglasses. What, what's the other one called? That, uh, what? Uh, the uh, Pit Viper. Oh, Pit Viper, yeah. What's yeah. in the little box? Uh, these, so I lost these pair. We, when we were on the call with them, I said, uh, yeah, I love the, the one glasses, but I lost oh, them. Oh, those are the thin metal. I lost them drunk right. disc golfing once. And they were like, all right, we'll send you another pair. There I was you like, go. Well, thank you. Yeah. They're, super lightweight. These are the Legere, which are, which were one of my favorite glasses. And I got a lot of compliments from them in the past. Cause I like the round frames. Do you like the round frames or you? Eh, I don't know. I just like whatever Megan doesn't laugh at me when I put on. Oh, okay. So that's, so, that's my, my gig. I guess that was our gear corner for the week. Well, no, we still have uh do we want to get into this? Oh, the Vanish Tempo. Vanish Tempo looks oh, a lot like... By Ultra, we should say. Ultra. Ultra, Ultra. Ultra. Ouch. I know it said Ultra, but do they mean to say Ultra? I don't know. Because that <laughs> kind of makes sense. Let me tell you, you're being gaslit by this company, though. This shoe is not a zero-drop shoe. It's not even balanced. It's a rocker. Uh, the, I would say they're, they're bending the definition of zero-drop for yeah. sure. Uh, I was actually talking to somebody about this recently, and they kind of uh, in the industry. I'm not going to say who, but yeah, there's definitely some questionable framing around zero drop these days. But that's not a bad thing because tell tell what you think about the shoe. It's a nice shoe. It is a really nice shoe. The fit is good. Um, the foam, I love the ego foam. The durability ego of Max. The, the ego max ego pro ego pro. Um, the durability of the outsole is better than it is on their ratio, which is the ultra vanish carbon or vanish C, however you want to say it. Um, yeah, a lot more rubber here, right? I like the toe spring in this. It's got a very nice, aggressive toe spring. The cushioning is really nice. I will say I feel it fits true to size, mm-hmm. but the way that my foot sits in it, it slides forward. Oh, really? So I end up being up against the toe box, but mm-hmm. then when I kick my heel back, I'm like, no, this has got plenty of room. Oh, okay. It just slides forward. I didn't think I had that issue, but so, maybe I did. You can check it out. I ran in it. I did. I've only done a couple runs in this shoe so far, but I really, I really liked it for for what it was. Uh, very nice and lightweight, kind of like the Hyperion Tempo from Brooks, but a little bit, a little bit bulkier. Yeah, more. It just feels I substantial. Think a, a little bit better. Okay, my my. Feeling of this shoe, though, it kind of reminds me of the Rincon. Oh, I could see that for sure. And the Rincon is $110. $120. $120. How yeah. much is this one? $190. Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly the $190. Usually we don't complain about price that much, 
Because price to value is all relative. Yeah, but the 190 mark is, I don't know, man. For a tempo-ish shoe, it's, it's a lot. To me, this is a light daily trainer. But, but I also think this will last a lot longer than the Rincon. Mm, I don't know. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think you got a couple things. Like when I was wearing the... Um, Wait, why don't you think so? Because when I was wearing the uh, Vanish Carbon, yeah, this foam started packing out. Really? Pretty quickly. And so mm. I'm going to say... So you don't think it's like... The initial feel, that bouncy, springy cushion on the... Um, yeah. When I was wearing the carbon-plated one, it started to fall out after, you know, 20 miles. It was like starting to get kind of... So you don't think it's like the... Um, like, you know, Skechers Hyperburst, that lasts a long time. Yeah. It's for nitrogen-infused like, foam. I don't think You don't like think that. it will? I think that they've got a lot of oxygen in this one. A lot, okay. There's a lot of bubbles. Um, I don't know. I, it should be fine. Like, you can probably run on it for a long time. It feels lightweight. I haven't put it on the scale, but All it right. feels light on the foot. I just don't I just don't know that it's a shoe that... Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard for me to get past the $190 price point, to be yeah. honest. But I, I was surprised at how good it felt. I feel like it's the best feeling ultra shoe i've worn maybe 100 percent. yeah 100 like that is worth the price right there if you if you have to wear ultras this is probably the, the one but this is also their slim i think they call it like the slim design they yeah don't even think about <laughs> wide foot they have the different toe boxes now uh as they're streamlining things and this is pretty traditional it fits snug on my foot and you know i got a narrow foot yeah so um so anyways it still has kind of like that foot shape like if you look at it from the top yeah it's like yeah there's yeah, a it's little got bit the there. foot shape but like you could just shift it over a little bit and you'd, it'd be looking like a normal shoe yeah but i actually think it looks pretty good too like looks kind of cool yeah i don't know I'm it's not bad yeah anyways so that's the shoe segment i again i don't know if we have any running news per se and i guess we're almost done anyways but is there anything we missed, Megan? You said New York. Who's running New York? Who's on the list? Uh, the names that stood out to me were Sarah Hall, Emma oh. Bates. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, our friends. Yeah. Um, on the men's side, Galen Rupp's going to be there. Jared Ward. Hmm. It's It was a pretty stacked field with especially like U.S. distance runners. But um, okay. yeah, I'm excited that we'll all be there. Yeah, yeah, right, toeing the line with them. I mean, wh how many times has Ward done New York? I don't know. I'm, it's, I think that's like his race. Yeah, he, like, uh, I feel like, like he does it every year. Like 10 times or something. Is Noah Drotty running it? I feel like. He I, ran it last time. Yeah. In the I think Solomon. He, I think he dropped like a 17. I was hoping he'd go back for a redemption or something. Well, they, he's got a new shoe that everybody's like wearing a Nike Alpha Fly. He's like, it's not a Nike Alpha Fly. Oh, it's like a new Solomon prototype? Yeah. So he may have some, and he broke some his own personal record on some oh, wow. race. So cool. Who knows? All right. So who do we got on the podcast this week? Rob? We got Peter from YMR Track Club over in Sweden. So I'm from Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. No. They make some high quality. <laughs> they make some high quality running gear. Track made, inspired. Yeah. Tra uh, classically inspired uh, stuff that's made in Sweden. So that's kind of cool. So we'll talk to him. Yeah, they uh, we learn a lot about that they actually had garment making and and uh, what do you call it? Fat? What is it? Fabric manufacturing? They're uh, in Sweden. 
textile manufacturing. Yeah, that, that sounds better. That sounds Got more it. professional. Yeah, so stick around for that. If you're watching the YouTube podcast, make sure you check out the audio version. Also, we just published out our SE Trainer um, review with all three of us contributing and, and, and. Widefoot Jared. Po- well, possibly Widefoot Jared. <laughs> we'll add that to his title. Yeah, possibly <laughs> Widefoot Jared. All right. Final check-in. So now you're pumped up for the marathon. You're chilling about your paces. You're in a good headspace. You got to start fantasizing about what it's going to be like with those chilly temps in the fall and crossing finish lines and grabbing medals, drinking beers, all that stuff. Finish out this run strong and get ready for the next one. See you next week. All right, so Robbie. Yeah. We got somebody in from Sweden this week. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it seems like Sweden really loves running. There seems to be a lot of stuff coming out of a small country. I, and I say small, no offense, uh, Peter. But uh, to us, you know, yeah. it seems like a small country. Oh, definitely. So, so why don't we introduce him? We just asked him how to pronounce his last name. I'll so do my best. Yeah, so we're talking to Peter Hagstrom. Linda, I say Hagstrom. Hagstrom Lindekrantz from uh, YMR Track Club. So YMR Track Club is an apparel company, like we said, based out of Sweden. They make some classically inspired gear, uh, really timeless designs uh, that are very clean and very nice and just like yeah i track, love it track inspired yeah so we're going to talk about everything that goes on with running or you know, starting and running an apparel company uh peter's history and, and peter and running P- peter you're an olympian right yeah that's correct yeah i think I maybe, why don't we start off with like your running career and what you know got you so involved in the sport and then, then we can kind of find out about YMR and that. But I think it's important to kind of understand like your motivation for being in this space. Yeah, I was. Uh, I used to say that I'm, I, I was born on the track. That's not true, but I've been in, involved in track and field for many years. It was actually during the Olympics in '84. Then you realize how old I am. But uh, in '84, it was. Uh, I was so inspired sitting back here in Sweden uh, on my parents uh, wine red leather couch uh, watching the opening ceremony uh, you know the guy who flew into the stadium with the magic backpack and uh, a lot of people asked me wasn't it when Carl Lewis won his you know four gold medals or no it was absolutely the moment when he flew into the arena that I was like oh I just have to do this when I'm when I get old so <laughs> I signed up for um, track and field here in, in Sweden and that's how it started wasn't that the year that Joan Benoit won the marathon for the women? In L.A.? Was that, that L.A., right? I think it was the first time the marathon for women was around, actually, yeah. in 84. Yep. If I remember And she did, she did win. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, I think it was uh, 227. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to be the expertise on time. Yeah, in Sweden, she's probably not as a big deal as <laughs> she is here. But here, it was huge, yeah. Yeah, yeah big deal. All right, so what is your event and track? 
Like, what was your specialty? It was it was long jump actually. Uh, I was the uh, probably the shortest uh, guy doing long jump. Uh, I was called the, the flying meatball back in the days. So <laughs> quite short, really <laughs> flying fast. meatball. That's <laughs> an amazing nickname. Oh, well, Swedish meatball. I, no, I get it. Oh, like, that's, that's an amazing <laughs> nickname. But the funny thing is, like, uh, you guys can't see him right now because it's a podcast. Which, if you could see him, that you would know he's not shaped like a meatball at all. No. What, so no, no, I think I've been more doing the uh, the longer distances now, nowadays. But I used to be quite fast in the hundred. I did ten thirty in the hundred meters. Oh, wow. uh, I didn't have much of a technique for being a long jumper, but I was quite strong and fast. So uh, with that, you can you can jump quite far. So well, how I, tall? I a little bit. How tall are you? For perspective, I'm one seventy four, which is. Could it be? Oh, I'm really bad at feet and inch- inches. Could it be five seven, perhaps? I okay, think? okay. Uh, I'll do. I'll do a conversion. And see what it is. One seventy four. I'm not super small. I mean, I. I, I I'm surprised there's there's not a flying meatball YMR T-shirt. Like, yeah, you need to make I, that. Yeah, the flying meatball. You just uh, open a box. Uh, yeah, that that's a really good idea. Maybe that's the spring edition for <laughs> next year. And Robbie's we'll Robbie's trying to Google your height. So it is oh six six eight. No, six, we can't. Six, I mean, I'm eight? sorry. Five, I mean, five five feet eight. Sorry, it's sixty sixty eight. I wish. I wish. You would not be the flying meatball. It's, You'd be like the flying tube. I was reading. I was literally just reading the screen, which is sixty eight, <laughs> but five feet eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, yeah. It's been a lot of track and field, and especially the. I mean, the greatest memory of all is uh, Sydney in two thousand. It was really a huge moment for me as an athlete to compete there uh i won the swedish championships six times i've competed at a lot of major events but sydney was something special i think with a lot of people i don't think there ever have been more spectators uh, in an arena wow. in track and field ever before and uh, and after so I, I think that was a huge thing for me uh looking back at the career what's that like walking through the stadium you know during the opening ceremonies when you because i've always wondered that uh especially just when you're you're from europe and you're in australia and it's just the vibe what's that like i think it would have been nice if i was at the opening ceremony but it's <laughs> actually at camp, uh, up in brisbane so i wasn't in the uh opening ceremony but i, I remember you know standing just in the when you enter the stadium uh, during the um, uh, the competition, I was going to enter the arena. That was a really big moment when you looked at the you know the fire and everything, and you there was like hundred thousand people in the stands. That was a huge moment because that was the whole reason why I started doing track and field in '84. I, I think to compete there uh, at the Olympics. So it took some. It was 16 years later, and really caught me in that moment that this this was kind of big did you ever get to come in in the jetpack that you saw in 1984 <laughs> I, i'm no and i'm still disappointed it's 2022 i still don't have that jetpack on my back it's a kind of a disappointment right? uh, that you can see all these teslas and innovations but you still don't have the, no the jetpack backpack. hey the crazy <laughs> thing is though like i i think about it like before a race and clearly i don't have a country's hopes and dreams pinned on my back but I'm, I'm getting ready for a race. I can get nervous. I can worry about performance. I can do all that stuff. But when you're in front of 100,000 people, were you distracted from having to perform or did it make performing 
did it elevate it because you knew so many people were watching or did it kind of crush you with the weight of like stress i was really uh, prepared for staying calm don't be too excited you know in a in a long jump qualification run you, you don't you only have three jumps so the first one has to be pretty good uh but i was uh i fouled with like you know two feet or something in, in the first round oh, wow. so it was absolutely two i was like this uh, cartoon on uh on crack or something in the first. I was like totally too much, uh, you know, uh, I was running too fast. I wasn't focused. So, but I was really in the best shape of my life. So I made it through pretty, pretty good second jump. And then you have just one left and I wasn't, you know, among the favorites. So I just had to go for it in the third one. And then I did it like a technical mistake and I was out. So, oh boy. Uh, it was the best competition, but uh, yeah, I was a little bit, to couldn't handle the stress, I think. What? So I'm imp- so impressed of all the runners and all the athletes that are. I mean, they can really perform at their best level uh, at the Olympics or the World Championships or wherever. So this might not be. You know, obviously, it's not one of your best memories in, in that regard, as far as like the performance. But I, I also always wonder that how does what's going through your mind when you when you have like a technical. Uh, fall or whatever and it's like that's that like i've always kind of wondered that because i'm sure that's just hard to deal with when you do a mistake like that Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i think usually i mean if you have four or five or six jumps like you usually have or if there's another event i think you just go back all the time to the feeling when you're in that kind of competition you you can't really think too much technical you, you just have to go with the feeling and just with your like calming down or it could actually be the other way around sometimes you're too calm you have to go up with uh, uh and, and i guess so it's more like uh, trying to get that kind, right kind of feeling i think and uh just maybe have a few things to think about technically all right so now you've you've gone to the olympics you're probably a pretty deep big deal in sweden at this point you know, they. I mean, I would assume that the entire Olympic team is is pretty well thought of, and you get back. And uh, what type of opportunities and what kind of things opened up for you in Sweden after uh, after the Olympics? Like, what happens to an athlete in Sweden once you've reached that kind of level? Well, not much, I would say. <laughs> the <laughs> Wheaties uh, box. I think. If you're looking like here in Sweden, if, if you're a soccer player, you can be quite average, to be honest, and you still have quite a good salary, you have your club, you got everything sorted out for you. But if you're into track and field, you can earn quite a lot of money, get a lot of sponsorships if you're really, really good. But it drops kind of quickly, uh, I think, if you're, I mean, just among the 20 best or 25th in the world or, or something, you don't the opportunities aren't super, super good. I mean, uh, in other sports, you can, I guess maybe it's the same thing in baseball or the professional leagues, that if you're just into the league, you can earn quite a lot of money and you can, like, have a uh, that as your uh, life and income. But in track and field, it's kind of hard. You need to be, I would say, among the 10, 15 best, best in the world. But, of course, it's... The big thing here is, uh, as in the U.S., I, I mean, if you're an Olympian, it's kind of, you've been looked at as a 
serious athlete, I guess. That's what's always with you. Second check-in. All right, so you're pumped now. You're excited about racing this fall. Now, you're probably just getting into some of your workouts. Don't judge yourself too harshly. You've got time to build that fitness. So if you're not hitting the numbers that you thought you were going to hit or you're not as fast as you thought you'd be, just chill. Keep working. Do it by effort. They'll come around. So you go from that and you, you know, obviously your love of track, and I'm sure you had a transition of other career before deciding to start YMR. Um, what goes into it? And especially like in, in the United States, I think entrepreneurship is, is pretty, you know, it's common and it's, it's rewarded. And, and um, you know, it's something that a lot of people consider. But is that in Sweden, is it the same? Uh, like, is there different hurdles to get to to start a business? Or would you say it's comparable? Yeah, I think it's the same view. I mean, it's uh, looked at something um, that people want to do, and uh, but it's 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 definitely hard, I guess. Um, but I, I mean, I've been doing a lot of different things. Especially, I've been working with Swedish television. I've been at the Olympics in Beijing. I was in Tokyo last summer working with that. But it's always I, I come from I come from the textile district of Sweden, which is. A very entrepreneurial, um, can you help me? Entrepreneurial, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank that's you. A tongue twister. Gotcha. We got it. We got to say you're doing really well, considering this isn't your uh, <laughs> native tongue. Yeah, we always forget <laughs> that not everybody speaks English yeah. as their first language. But yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but that whole area is very into starting different businesses and um, especially in the textile uh, industry. So it, it was very, very big in the 50s, the 60s, 70s. My grandfather, for instance, he had his shirt factory and he was among a lot of people that were doing business on this. And then everything kind of disappeared during the 70s. Um, but now it's uh, coming back really strong. Wow. And we're producing fabrics, using different innovations, new machine parks and so on to create these great fabrics, uh, which is really amazing that we kind of, we know this stuff, we have the textile university uh, in the area, so it's coming back with the local production through innovation and all of that. So, um, and in five years ago, my the club I used to compete for, uh, which is called YMER, <laughs> which is uh, uh, how we say it in Swedish, uh, they turned 100 years old, so... I kind of wanted to do something for them uh, during the anniversary, and, and uh, so I decided to do their old tracksuit from the, the 70s, you know, with the stripes and really vintage kind of look. Um, so I did that for the uh, anniversary, anniversary, and uh, I did it all locally. And when I got that first sample sent to me, I was like, oh, this was actually really good. <laughs> uh, so I kind of decided to do a few more, and then I made a T-shirt and a few more uh, uh, products, and uh, suddenly I kind of created this brand, and I actually gave the, the club on the anniversary, I said, thank you for everything they've done for me. Uh, they got a 
small part of the business. Um, oh, wow. Set up a web page, um, started to sell online. Uh, the local paper wrote a few words about it. And uh, then actually Vogue from New York <laughs> uh, called me and made a, an article about the, the whole thing, uh, which was really cool. And I guess it's all from there. Wow. How did Vogue hear about it? They, they got people on the ground. I actually sent them a postcard of a moose. Uh, uh, Greetings from Sweden. Look what I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was not like out of the blue completely, but uh, it That's was amazing. a Vogue runway. And that was, I, I think they kind of liked the whole history with the club, which is an old, it's a running club, you know, uh, more than anything else. Uh, and uh, the local production, which is really coming back strongly and the whole sustainability thing. So that was very cool. So was that... S- Starting an apparel brand, was that something you had always thought about doing or is it just an accident that kind of fell into your lap? I think everyone that is from the city where I'm from have that kind of idea in the okay. back of their head. Okay. I would start something <laughs> in clothing. And I, I always love, you know, fashion, but sports fashion. So I've been collecting these items over the years. I've been traveling everywhere all over the world um buying stuff swapping uh, swedish gear Uh, don't tell the swedish national team i did that but (laughs) i swapped the uh, ugly yellow clothes for some nice clothes from other countries um i was at i trained a lot in cuba for instance oh wow Uh, so i got these influences from everywhere so i think i've had it in the back of my head all my life and now just the opportunity was was there i guess how was Cuba? Yeah, what was that? What was the training like in Cuba? Let's talk about that. <laughs> that was insane. I think me and my friend that I trained with, we were the, the first ones, I think, from like a Western country to be accepted into Cuba uh, to train with them because wow. uh, he, the best hurdler at the time, he was a hurdler, my friend Robert. He, uh, the best hurdler was Ania Garcia. And the best long jumper at that time was Ivan Pedroso. So we thought that, hey, we want to train with those guys. How do we do it? So we had to write these letters and get into the Cuban Sports Federation to be accepted and so on and so on. And uh, suddenly we were just there. Um, I brought a bottle of uh, whiskey to the coach and he kind of, yeah, that's fine. You can train with us. So I think (laughs) we were the first ones for that's been accepted into that uh, Olympic environment in Cuba. Wow. Wow. Really amazing. They trained hard, I, I can tell you. It was uh, a little bit of a shock. We were crying at the end of the training camps. It was really, really hard training. Really? Hmm. Was it like traveling to a different world? I mean, obviously, it was a different world in a lot you of mean respects. S- Sweden versus Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it had to be a, a, just an interesting culture shock, I guess. Yeah, it was, especially that they didn't speak English. They only spoke Spanish, and we, we don't speak Spanish. So oh, we wow. went there for... A month at a time and we had no idea uh, what we we're going to train so it could be anything we just knew that it could be it was going to be really hard was it like is it weight training this day or could it be running at the beach or will it be long jump or we just brought all the gear all the shoes uh, and just okay we just see what it is and, and I think that was the by far the hardest part to not know what you're going to do and sometimes I remember one time we have been training in the sun, it was like 100 degrees. Uh, we've been training for three hours. And suddenly the coach said, now, um, they tried to say it in English. It was like, 
10 times 400, uh, 15 seconds rest. And I was like, 10 times 400, 15 seconds rest. That's, that's really, really hard. I mean, you can just, you don't even stop until you have to run again. But then it was 10 times 200, 50 seconds rest, which was like, oh, thanks. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. So it was a lot of those uh, funny moments, I would say. Wow. Yeah, that's great. That's you, crazy. you were doing 400s today. Yeah, not there is more than oh, 10 yeah. seconds rest in between. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. We weren't training like oh, humans. Yeah. I think I was doing like minute rest in between or something. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's get into the YMR brand and kind of like, I think what's fascinating is everybody can use quality materials, but it's building the brand that really has to resonate. You mentioned that it comes from a club that's over 100 years old in sweden but as you move into the u.s market or other markets in europe um how how do you communicate your brand and your mission with uh to help it resonate with consumers i think it's a lot about the different uh, i mean the fabrics that's where it all starts and of course the fitting and everything the coloring the design is important but the, we're talking a lot about the fabrics and, and sustainability so what I wanted to create was especially a really sustainable brand because I think there are a lot of running brands out there. Uh, but what I'm lacking and I don't see as much is the, the sustainability part. And I think we can both do really technical, good garments, but at the same time, they must be sustainable in a way that we haven't seen before. So here in Europe, we're working with a certification called Ecotex, which is the highest eco standard. Uh, on the on all the fabrics, um, we use recycled polyester. As a few others do as well. That's not big news nowadays. But everything from the prints, which is quite a lot on on the kind of uh, performance wear uh, we're producing. Those those are blueprint uh, certifi- certified, which is also a high eco standard. Now we're moving into like the, the garment I have on me now, which is uh, uh, wool. Uh, you don't have to wash it as much. So we're looking into, I mean, all the few, every little part uh, within sustainability. And I think the big thing is that we produce locally, which is no one even does that here in Sweden. We Probably we're one of the only brands that actually have local production in that sense. So that's that's a really big part for us. And, and then, I mean, there are the few things in, within sustainability that you, maybe you don't think about, which is like, when we produce a new garment, we always start with this small volume because sometimes the customer is like white, sometimes they like blue, mm-hmm. sometimes they black. It's it's a little bit of a lottery. So overproduction is something that we want to avoid, right? So we produce a small part first and then we see, uh, okay, the customers like this. Then we can produce in a bigger volume. Uh, also, the, the colors are all matching together, which means that you can buy maybe one garment in one season, then you add something else, the next one, and you can build like a wardrobe uh, instead of doing all kinds of crazy colors yeah. or the fine meatball t-shirt, which is really fun one year, but then maybe you just throw it away. Um, <laughs> so I think there are many angles in sustainability that we need to uh, work with that we have not seen before and challenge ourselves all the time. Um, but first, just timeless, awesome garments that last 
a long time. That's the core sustainability yeah, thought. Yeah, that's probably that. the most important sustainability. I, I, I actually, two days ago, ran in a pair of shorts that I've had. And I realized, I've, I'm like, I've had these shorts for 11 years. And they're still in, like, amazing condition. And I'm like, how many shoes have I gone through <laughs> in the last 11 years? But these shorts are still... Uh, functional the when i hear you talk about sustainability though and i hear you talking about manufacturing in sweden so like that that sounds like ex, expensive way you know more expensive way to go it when we talk about the price point of ymr and the gear that you're selling is it competitive or are we talking pretty expensive gear I think it's quite competitive you can see some other brands that are by far more expensive that don't have all of these sustainability and local production parts. Um, I think we have, uh, we get a few comments that, oh, you're a little bit expensive. And I always answer the same thing. Yes, we don't aim to be cheap. We can't ever be that. Uh, of course, we as all other brands need to put something on sale every now and then. But yeah. I'm, I think that's the whole idea that we need to understand it's, it's actually people sitting, sewing these products. Right. It's, it's it, it can't be cheap uh, in that sense. Uh, buy less, but buy more uh, like high quality products. That's the whole mission, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people when a lot of people want something cheap, it's like you can have things cheap, but everything along the way in the whole production process is going to be cheap. And it's like if you want to pay an extra twenty bucks or thirty bucks for something, you can do that, but you also get a lot. You know, you think about the whole way down the line from the uh, people working on the line, sewing the clothing to the you know, sustainability factors and things like that. And it's just the, how it works that if you want to be sustain, truly sustainable, that you have to invest some of your some of your money into that. And if it is good quality gear, it will last you for years to come. I mean, the, and the prices aren't. And they're not that. Right. They're it's, not that's what out I'm of saying. whack it's, with the industry. No, um, it's, I'm. I'm actually shocked at, you know, you're, you, you produce it locally. Um, it's very sustainable and everything. I'm actually shocked at how low the prices are because it, to <laughs> me, they actually, it, it seems like they should be a lot higher. But yeah, I mean, that is whenever you he hear that it's manufactured and it's not coming from Vietnam or China or something, you automatically think, oh, this is going to be expensive. Right. Yeah. So we produce all the fabrics and, and some some of the products are made uh, here with the sewing and everything. And we work with the Baltics, which is really close. It's like a four hour drive to the Baltics. So it's, it's not far away. Um, but now we're doing a whole collection, which is called Engse here made in, that is completely made in Sweden. It's of course expensive to make. That's for sure. sure. So we're kind of pioneers in the industry now here also like giving the manufacturers a chance to, 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 uh, show us what they can do and i think yeah, we also need to educate i guess the customer that okay if we're putting all these sustainability parts into the garments it has to cost a little bit more because i think um we've been pretty good in i mean in the um in the food industry to do that with local produced uh food it's been i think the customers kind of understand that yeah sure that's right that's a little bit more expensive i guess and more quality into it as well but in the in this industry it has not been on the agenda at all mm -hmm. so that's something new for us to it, to tell people about it is interesting because you think of that and i think 
one of the reasons we're willing to pay more for organic vegetables and and locally grown stuff is that the marketing behind that's been really good from a uh, a big you know from stores like Whole Foods in the U.S. or uh, you know just it seems like the popular thing to do. Let's have less pesticides, more you know things grown organically, and people see the value in that, and they also are like okay, and they feel good eating it they're putting it in their body i think when you talk about clothing like it's tough because i i'm gonna wear uh you know japanese you know fabrics that are assembled in china or you know whatever and you kind of lose track of where where it's coming from and even in this case it's like okay i it's a great story that it's made in sweden but then now you're branching out into the U.S. It's hard to tie that farmer back into the story that I'm helping a guy down the road. But what does it mean for like you and as a, as a Swedish person building and creating stuff in Sweden and, and exporting it to the rest of the world? I think that the main part is that I know that we can do this here. Uh, I'm grown up. I was brought up in this uh, textile district, and I, I know that we produce amazing uh, textile in this area so why should we go somewhere else it's kind of it's also that i, I don't think it's all, only the sustainability part I, I guess it's it's i know this we can do it here i can see it coming back and why should we and i think we've proven that that our textile the textiles we're producing there are super super good so why not do it here so i think um, that's also one part. It's not only the distance. So from the production to the warehouse, the, that's the target for us to shorten as, possi- as much as possible. And I think uh, as we will be growing, hopefully in the future, we can also look at local production within the markets we are at. Uh, we're not there at the moment, but I mean, in the future, that could be definitely something we look into more as we're moving into bigger markets and so on. Is that... Is that something that's unique to Sweden, having that textile industry right there? Uh, or is that also common throughout Europe? Because even in the U.S., it's like there's very few, I feel like, textile manufacturers. I, I, I feel like there was. I think it's just gone from right. this country. Like it used that's exactly. Certainly, you know. Yeah, New York, L.A., whatever. Yeah. Um, but but now it's it's really not even here anymore. So is that just something that's unique to where you are, or is that common in other places as well no i think a lot of countries had it but it moved away uh as we're moving into more fast fashion uh i think it moved away from the u.s from Mm -hmm. uk from uh, germany all those countries so i mean you uh, can't compete oh yeah like yeah we see a few crazy people here that stuck around and believed in the product and everything. So uh, they're not a lot, but they are actually growing now uh, here. So I, I, I think I can see this movement coming more and more in the yeah. future. I think I think people are, are understanding. I mean, I don't know. We're get, about to get through a little bit of a recession here, but uh, people understand that there's a higher price for craftsmanship isn't just a higher price. It's you're investing in, in your stuff and your community. So I, I'm all for it. My question would be, um, so right now you're track inspired. Most of your gear comes from track. You're moving a little bit more into like longer distance running. Obviously you've got winter gear, tights, gloves, hats, all that kind of stuff. Um, are you moving into the trail um, 
section as well? Definitely. Uh, we released the collection Vestanede, which is like a, a celebration to the uh, uh, northern parts of Sweden where a lot of people run trail um, and uh, especially one runner that was really famous in the 40s. He set a bunch of world records in the 1500 called Gunder Hegg. He was brought up in this small village. Uh, he was a farm boy uh, working at this farm and his the, the farmer was his coach and he kind of made him become a world-class runner as he actually did with the uh, he had two farm boys. The other one was super, super good just before this guy, Gunder Hegg. But they ran, as a lot of Swedish people do, actually, just out every season, out in the forest, uh, over the hills, you know, just, you know, uh, and he was a good example of that. So that's the whole wool collection made of 100% merino wool that we knitted here in Sweden. Um which is absolutely amazing. And also talking about, I mean, sustainability, you don't have to wash these clothes all the time. It's like <laughs> premium quality. It works during the summer, it works yeah. during the winter. Uh, you can just hang it out. So I, I, I was going to say, speak, uh, speak for yourself. I still, I, I have still not found a fabric that would, won't, I, Robbie <laughs> can get away with it. I, can't. I don't wash my merino for like two weeks straight. <laughs> I'll wear it every you day. You don't ever have to wash it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only if you have like a stain. And you have to try it. Then. That's but, what I'm saying. But that's uh, definitely a trail collection. I think we have a lot of outdoor running, outdoor, I mean, the whole year round here in Sweden. So producing some kind of garment that can work during the summer, the fall, spring, I mean, winter, everything is like perfect. You, you don't ever want to uh, wear anything else. Mm-hmm. So what's your, what's your goals for expansion of the brand? So the goal is to be definitely moving into more markets. We're by far uh, big here. The, the biggest market is Sweden. Um, we're focusing on Europe now a lot, but we can see there's a big interest, especially from the U.S. Actually, uh, we have customers in Australia, everywhere. I think Japan, etc. So I think just doing everything a little bit more. Uh, uh, this has been like a fun side project for me for a few years, but now we're really focusing. So we're bringing in more people uh, and so on. So uh, we we are releasing 60 new products this year. Oh, so wow. um, uh, we hope to be much bigger in, in uh, definitely in the United States as well uh, as we see the interest from coming from from US, but also being like. Uh, role model i think within sustainability to show that you can be profitable sustainable at the same time and and do amazing garments with high quality for runners Uh, so i think that's that's an important thing for us final check-in so now you're pumped up for the marathon you're chilling about your paces. You're in a good headspace. You got to start fantasizing about what it's going to be like with those chilly temps in the fall and crossing finish lines and grabbing medals, drinking beers, all that stuff. Finish out this run strong and get ready for the next one. See you next week. Are there any companies that you look up to or uh, maybe entrepreneurs that have that model for business that the sustainability um, while still maintaining profitability that you, you kind of look up to? 
Yeah, definitely look up to Patagonia, uh, how they come from the from climbing, been focusing on a lot of, uh, they're very much into sustainability, uh, timeless, you know, design as well. So I think that's probably the uh, brand I look up to the most. But of course, I, I, I love running, I love tracking fields. I'm, there's a lot of cool brands within uh, that area as well, but I, I definitely like what Patagonia is doing with the sustainability part at the same time. So I think they have proven that you can actually do this. Yeah. Cool. So if someone was going to your site right now, and uh, what, what's the your exact URL? Is it? Uh, YMRTrackClub.com. Okay. We'll put it in the it's, description. Yeah. And um, if, if someone was looking at that stuff, a lot of times, like, for example, there's brands that uh, come over from Europe and the fit is more of a European mm. fit and more especially coming from the track and field side, you know, going to be a little bit more like if you wear a medium in the U.S., you'd be wearing a large. How, how do your sizes fit? Like, how would you recommend someone get the right fit? Because shipping all the way from Sweden would be, have to be, you know, you, you don't want to do that too many times. <laughs> We, uh, when, when the brand was launched, the sizes were uh, quite small, but I, we have um, a more spacious fit now. Uh, so I think it's quite regular for, uh, for being, I mean, American sizes as well. So I think you don't have to be too afraid of that. Um, it always depends a little bit on the garment. I think the, the hardest uh, garment for a lot of people is the um, split shorts, because you have to consider, okay, you have the uh, circumference of your legs, you have your bottom, you have the how tall you are, uh, if you're, there are unisex also, so if you're a man versus woman, I mean, that's a little bit tricky. But otherwise, I think we're quite regular now. We also have free returns. If anyone needs to return, change the size or anything, it's uh, even free to the US. So oh, wow. uh, you don't have to be too afraid. And we're always on the chat, even if we're on the beach or if we're uh, on a party or whatever. So just chat. <laughs> Hit them up at the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Ask, ask, start out asking a question about shorts and ask them where the, where the, the best par party is. There's the party does. hanging. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I mean, is there anything else we want to cover? I did want to ask, like, along those lines with regards to the shipping internationally, is that, how does that work for, you know, since you're based in Sweden, is that a lot to ship for you or for the consumer? Like, how, how does that actually work? Cause I've always wondered that. We have free shipping over a limit. Uh, I think it's 150 US dollars. Um, so that's a free shipping uh there might be customs uh, still uh we did set up a um discount code for your uh community though that is run 20 that we have now yeah uh, we'll if you want to shop we'll give you 20 percent off so you can e more easily shop from us uh and uh, you get a little bit of a discount but it's it's quite easy. We ship with UPS, so it works quite smoothly. It was more difficult during the pandemic, oh, yeah. and that was <laughs> really bad. So it's much more easy right now. I mean, if you made it through that, you can make it through anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, there are a lot of challenges. I mean, first it was the pandemic, and now we have other challenges. But, I mean, we keep fighting, and we believe in what we're doing, and we've got to great response from the customers we have and uh, we're really yeah it's really amazing that it started with some kind of 
idea of uh, just doing this tracksuit and suddenly we're sitting here. It, yeah. uh, the club still don't have a clue what we're doing. They're like, oh, uh, did you start a... Yeah, it's, it's still a company, right? Yeah, it's we're doing pretty good. <laughs> it, I did want to ask you, how cool is it when you go out on a run and you see someone wearing your, your gear? Or at a race. Or at a race. Yeah, it's actually really cool. Uh, we have one of, uh, one of the very best runners of all times. is one of the partners now also called Mustafa Mohammed. When he... He's still winning races. He has his Swedish record holder in the marathon, his Swedish record holder in the steeplechase, and he's still winning races. He's going to be the, running the European Championships now in marathon. He's 43 years old. And wow. when he's winning these races, it's kind of, oh, wow, there it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. My, my kids always shout, shout on people when they see uh, people on the <laughs> yeah. running in the in wire mars hey he's got the gear <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny now i have i know that uh robbie hasn't tried the gear yet and he's gonna try it soon i've tried the gear uh when we talk about stuff i don't know how long i've had the i have a pair of tights that i pull out that that work quite well and one of the things i love about them is they don't have a zipper around the ankle so that you don't get that like rubbing mm-hmm. from the zipper and uh but they they've held they've at least made it through three Three or four, yeah, it's like three years, I think, uh, of winners here in, in Baltimore. I'm sure they're a little more temperate than uh, Sweden's winners, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, they've held up really well. So I do know the product uh, as far as quality and holding up, it, it it's right up there with every, every any of the other premium product that that we test. So yeah. we're excited to try some new stuff coming in, um, and we'll definitely be throwing some posts up on the gram with the gear, and uh, it'll probably end up in a roundup. Yeah, definitely. We'll do that. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we, we're releasing a lot of new products. Now it's really light fabrics that we're working with during the summer. Uh, we have the N. Gordon singlet, the split shorts, and then we're going to uh, release more of these, uh, the Merino collection and also insulation tights and, and hoodies, which is uh, then you can wear... You don't have to wear too much when it's colder, uh, and and they're really flexible and light fabrics, but you still stay quite cool and and warm when you need that. So uh, I think that those we're really excited about releasing those products in the early fall. Awesome, right, awesome. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. But um, yeah, anything else, Thomas? That's it, man. All right. Uh, cool, Pete. Yeah. Nice chatting with you. Yeah, yeah Peter. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, educate us on what's going on on the other side of the world. I wish you know everybody comes on who can speak English this well, and I know that this isn't his first language. I feel like such a moron yeah, yeah. that this is all I got. We're, like if if you didn't speak English, we're done. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Do you know any Swedish, by the way? Uh, only the stuff that I've learned at IKEA. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, <laughs> literally, that's it. like, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is that's for cool. us, that is the big, like, as far as Sweden goes, what else do we like has that from their culture has made such an impact on the United States? I mean, that has to be aside from music. Yeah. Music, <laughs> death metal and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and Ikea. Ikea. Yeah. yeah. And Fartlek, perhaps. Fartlek, you know. Yeah, Fartlek. I do know That's Fartlek. That's true, yeah. yeah. That's a big that's Which a big always one. gets a giggle Fartlek over here. Smurgosbord. Fartlek and Smurgosbord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two very important words. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really nice uh, chatting with you. Good luck in Eugene. All okay, right, thanks. thanks. Talk to you soon. Yeah, all right. All right.
All right, well, that was awesome. We learned a lot about the garment industry in Sweden. Didn't know it was so, you know, historic. Mm, lots of history there. Yeah. And you, it's cool. You've been running in some of the stuff, right? Yeah, it's pretty nice, pretty breathable. Uh, makes you feel like a real runner. So, uh, like, and by that I mean split shorts that I feel insane running in, but... Gotta side show, thigh. Gotta show those legs. Yeah, gotta show them off. Uh, anything else? That's it week? for me, man. I'm ready to continue training towards New York and training towards London and uh, getting those miles in. Hopefully, our audience is doing the same. Yeah, make sure you uh, leave a comment, leave a review for this podcast and review it if you can on Apple. That would be cool. Even if you listen on Spotify, do that on Apple. We're trying to get bumped up. Yeah. See some of these podcasts above us. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, do you even know what Joe's can of tuna fish? Yeah. That one's a, I would listen it's, to that. It's actually a pretty good podcast. All right. Meg. I got nothing. Oh, I, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and we can do it right here in this final bit. Okay. Should we start a playlist where we update it, you know, every week with music that we're listening to on our runs? Uh, are you asking us or the listener? I'm going to ask the listener for your feedback. How would we get the feedback? How would we know what their feedback I mean, is? We know a Yorkshire pudding we have like 20 recipes but for. But this it. part isn't on YouTube, so. Well, this part, gonna... the people who listen to the podcast also listen to music, I'm sure. All right. Well, anyway, if that's you find a way consider. to contact us, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let us know. Or we can mention the YouTube version next week. All right. That's the last drop. All right. Say hi to your mom. Hi, Ma. Are you no, actually saying hi like to her? Hi, Ma. What's that? No, yeah. she's in another room. All right. All right, so this is a weird podcast this week, but I think it's going to, I think it turned out okay, right? Yeah, it's shooting straight to the top. Could have been a lot worse. People are going to love it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.